we are not the owners of what we're doing. When it comes to the word of God and the gospel, yep. we're, we're just passing on. Yeah. And you can do it in creative ways, but we can't change what we're doing. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello and welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we have a very special guest. We do. On the podcast today, Mrs. Caroline Cobb. Smith. Hi, thank you for having me. That's what she goes, Caroline Cobb Smith. She does? Yeah. Well, I have an artist music name. We think of you as a friend. I'm married to a Smith. Yes. (laughs) We think of you as a friend, not just an artist, Caroline. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're so excited to have you on this and excited that you don't have to travel all the way to Louisville to be a part because you are in Texas. Yes, I'm in Dallas. Thank you guys for having me. It'd be a lot farther. Well, when you said that you give us $10,000 to be on the podcast, we said, (laughs) absolutely, we'll do that. Yeah, I have that kind of money just ready to give out. Wait, No, no. We have been talking (laughs) about having you on for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to start, I I, I just want to assume people know who you are. And um, today... We're going to be talking about biblical imagination and the importance of story and music and art. And you have been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell us about your family to start out with. Just you can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm married to Nick. We live in Dallas now. We've moved around quite a bit, but uh, we live in Dallas and we're from Texas. And we have three kids. One just turned 13. Um, so we're entering this wow. teenage stage. One's about to be 11. And one is nine. Life is full. <laughs> and yet you seem to continue to be committed to putting out music for the church. Uh, excellent music. I, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of today. I mean, I've, I've listened to your stuff over the years. Uh, but today I took a deep dive and just really listened to a lot. And I just want to say I was so moved by mm-hmm. the songs you're writing. And, and hearing some that I haven't heard for a while. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the development of, of the things you've done and then get into the specifics of, okay, uh, yeah, writing creatively while remaining true to, to scripture, to what God has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, your, your byline, your link tree byline says songwriter, song singer, telling the story. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose that? Yeah. I mean, I think the heart behind my music is that people rehearse and remember this big story of scripture. And so there are other ways that I enjoy doing that too, through writing or even just at home. I want my kids to engage with scripture Mm. um, like they would a good story. Um, It's definitely more than a story, but I think to engage with it at that level and to be Mm. like, this is the story that we're living in. And so for music, um, which is where I primarily get to tell the story, um, that's what I hope to do is to mm. kind of engage the power of music to move us, but also the power of storytelling with the power of God's word and putting those all together to help people kind of trace this meta narrative from creation all the way to Christ's return and kind of be marinating in it so that they yes. can, you know, be rehearsing it and responding to it just as they're driving around or awesome. working or whatever they're doing during their day. That's the hope. What I love is that the vision is so mm. clear. 
Yeah. Like you, we, we talk a lot of times about being a steward of what God has given us in terms of the gospel, mm-hmm. in terms of the word of God. We're not innovators. We're not coming up with, we're not the first ones to think about this. Mm-hmm. And in all the songs that I have heard come out from you, that is so clear that you, f- you are communicating what, what God has said to us, yeah, which just is such a great example. Yeah, and I, I first heard your music at a Worship God conference um, because you have been out to a couple of them, um, I believe. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, and I just I remember distinctly um, that it was scripture, but it was so poetically yes. uh, and musically excellent that it was so engaging as a listener to go, "Wow, I, I haven't thought about it in this way yes. or it being said in this way." And so that's it's really yeah. lovely. Yeah. So thank you that's for being. The hope. It is, and it's being accomplished. Thank you for being faithful to what God has said and what he's done for us in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought your first album was The Blood and the Breath, but I did a little research today, and mm-hmm. I came across some things on Apple Music that, one, I did actually remember, and that was far beyond me in 2005. Uh-huh. And can I ask how old were you when you did that? That was college. I was in college. college. Wow, that's awesome. So you did that album, and then in 2009, an album I'd never even, I never even knew existed, Sing. Mm -hmm. Was that like a precursor to The Blood and the Breath? Because I think there's a song on there that is is on. That's also on the Yes, yes. Yeah, well, you weren't weren't supposed to find those. I know. (laughs) That's why I wanted to bring them up on the podcast. I, um, I was sort of in this weird world of like, doing music, but it was like really expensive musical scrapbooking almost. Like you're learning all these things, you're writing these songs, you're expressing them, and then you feel like you have but but that was kind of before I realized sort of the sweet spot for me, mm. which is, you know, telling this story. Yes. And so my husband and I have been like, oh, I need to take those down. But then there's, you know, but that's okay. They're there <laughs> and I'm still proud of them. But they were definitely me like a hobbyist kind of paying as little money as possible to get them down, you know, no click track, no, all those things. But there's something overrated. cool about it too. When I look <laughs> back and say, Oh, I mean, I can see God already at work in my heart and some of those same struggles yes. that I struggled with then yeah. or the things that I'm learning, God has pressed in deeper and deeper. And I'm still, you know, on those journeys and learning those things, but yeah, you weren't supposed to find those. Well, um, I think it's, I, I bring <laughs> them up because I think it's important for anyone who sees what you do and think, yeah, she just one day woke up and started making these great right. albums. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the other albums are great, but you see there's a development in terms of songwriting and there's a development in terms of clarity of what you're called to do. Yes. So that's definitely it's true. just really important to see. I, I love, I have some lines from Sing. I love, you knew what you want to do. My voice is weak, my finger's slow. But when I sing, it's in my soul. My words are simple. They're not poetry, but I will sing. I'm going to sing. Would you be mm. near in my song? Be what they hear, you alone. That's just so great. I'll sing in reverence. I'll sing in fear, but I will sing. And this is my favorite. When I get to heaven and I get my crown, I'll bend my knees and lay it down. With all the angels all around, I'm going to sing. <laughs> and that's what you've done. That's what you've just continued to do. So then we get to the blood and the breath. On in 2013, which was the first album I heard from you, and I was mm-hmm. just taken by it. 
Yeah. There were so many songs. All the Stars was the one that always stood out. All the Stars. From him <laughs> to him. The Passover song, Gethsemane, Gethsemane, Dry Bones, everything you've heard. I mean, just the, just great songs. So tell us a story about the blood and the breath and how that came about. Yeah. Um, so when I was about to be turning 30, I this goal kind of popped in my mind. And I honestly can't remember exactly how I came about on this to this goal, but I was turning 30 on 11, 11, 11. And oh, I thought, how great. oh, that's a big birthday. And so now you know how old I am, but um, <laughs> that's a big birthday. And I, I decided that I loved scripture and I loved God's word. And I had written a few songs from scripture, but I thought, what if I could take this year and write a song for every book of the Bible in a year? And wow. then I told people about it. And that was the beginnings of social media. Yes. And so I talked about it on social media and there, there was some accountability there, but that year I realized that I loved doing this. I mean, it was just a whole new way to explore God's word and challenge myself to write a song from Leviticus or Nahum, <laughs> um, or whatever have you, um, don't go looking for those songs, Bob, they're, they're out there somewhere. We didn't but, mention um, those ones. No, I listened to some of those. That's, but that, that was so sweet. I think to see, I had already been exposed to the idea that God's that the Bible was one big story, but mm -hmm. to actually see it play out as one big panoramic story, yes. but then also to dive yes. into these little details where God was so intricately weaving this story together from yes. start to finish. Yes, right. And we can never plumb the depths of it. So that was just a really fun year. And toward the end of that year, I played um, some concerts where I just went through the biblical story through song. And I learned a lot about stage presence and you know, things being too, you know, my concerts were way too long, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I did think, I wish these people could just take it home. Mm. I wish they could mm. have these songs in a better form and they could marinate on this story all the time. And at that same time, my husband was kind of challenging me to say like, hey, in, in the most loving way, hey, this is a really expensive hobby. Now, <laughs> would you like to do this? Do in a loving <laughs> way. Y'all be, y'all, yes, in the most loving, I needed... I was afraid to say I'm a songwriter. And so hmm. um, I did a Kickstarter and I uh. said, no, I'm going to do this well. You know, I'm going to try to not cut corners and I know what I want to do now. Mm. And I much better about telling God's story than saying like, hey, look at me. Mm. It kind of released mm. me. And he was saying, hey, let's try to think about how you can continue in this with a uh in a sustainable way and kind of yes, get off the fence, yes. kind of hiding the fact that you do this. So that was a step <laughs> in the it. direction of yes. doing And this so that was a loving push. And um, that's when this journey really started to be able to say like, okay, this is what I'm doing with music. And that I still sense. write like personal songs and the songs that I'm writing from scripture are very personal because they've traveled through me. Yes. I'm writing from that passage for a reason, but, uh, and I'll still write songs about being a mom or marriage or other things yes. like that, but I've loved getting to write these songs. So that, that album in particular was the first time I was like really clear on what the mission was. And also, um, I loved the idea of like taking one theme and tracing it from creation mm. all the way mm. to Christ's return. So mm. the theme of that album is redemption. So this blood and the breath idea of like death to life is throughout the album. And then that kind of set me on a trajectory to do that every single time. Uh, I was going to ask really you about that. Theme. Yeah. The two word titles. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Those are signaled by two word titles, which sometimes I'm like, oh, this is really hard to 
find an alliteration for this topic, <laughs> but every time so far I've been able to do it. So you go, uh, the, the, one of the things I loved about what you do, I love about what you do is that you take pretty difficult ideas, passages, and, and communicate them in a way that's affecting. So in the song, mm. um, everything you've heard, you've heard, I just love this. You've heard it said, and a number of the verses begin with that. A king will come with a sword, but I tell you to turn the other cheek and I'll wear a crown of thorns. It's just so much is said in such a little space. Mm -hmm. So that seemed to be received very well, blood in the breath. Mm -hmm. And then four years later, you do A Home and a Hunger. Just tell us a little bit about that album, which again has some great songs on it. Yeah. We had moved to, um, after the blood and the breath, we moved to California and I didn't have any um, childcare really because it was so expensive out there. And I also was in the throes of young motherhood. We moved out there. I had wow. a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a three-week-old. And that was the first time Nick was on staff at a church. Plenty so I also put a lot songs. of pressure on myself. <laughs> I know. So what I did was I asked my friend, Jen, her name was Jen. To, I paid her to keep our kids for like two hours a mm. week. And she, it was very inexpensive. Brilliant. Like she wasn't, you know, and I used those two hours to write songs. And then wow. once I have the body of a song, I could write as I was cooking or in the driving or anytime I got some alone time, I could write, or even when the kids were there, I could write um, in my head, you know? And so those songs came out of that season. And in that season, I was learning a lot about the gospel, not outgrowing the gospel and how uh, beautiful the gospel really is that, you know, we don't just say like, oh, I get it. And I'm going to move on to deeper things. Like mm -hmm. we just savor it more and more. And we're more and more thankful as we grow in our Christian life and see our sin. Let me interrupt you, know? you there. How, where was yeah. that coming from? Where were you realizing that from? Definitely the pressure cooker of moving around a lot and starting over. But I think more than that was the being a mom of young kids and just seeing, Oh, I thought I was a really uh, patient, um, you know, calm person. <laughs> and there's my anger. Like there it is. There's my need for control. There's my selfishness. Um, so it came out in that way and it was uh, surprising, but also good because yeah. God met me with his grace, even in, even in the moments where I saw my sin so Amen. clearly, Amen. then I saw the, the cross yeah. as even more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, okay, don't say anymore because we so, might do yeah. a whole podcast on that. Yeah, seriously. Now that, yes, now yes. that you're talking, so just stop, <laughs> stop. Uh, okay. Yeah. So those songs are about, uh, it's called A Home and a Hunger. Those songs are about the goodness of the gospel and the kingdom, this upside downness of God's kingdom, mm -hmm. but also it's already broken through but we're still hungry to be, you know, we're not fully redeemed in the sense that we will be when we're with him, when he returns. So it's that tension, that paradox between those two things that already and the not yet. That's, I just love the clarity. Yeah. It's not just, Hey, what's a catchy title? It's like, it has meaning. <laughs> yeah. There's a purpose to it. Um, it's hard to be that intentional. I mean, with every song and every title and every album. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not catchy. <laughs> yeah. It is catchy, but it's not like, you know, we just want to get clicks or, yeah. or streams. or No, I'm trying to say something. And that's the whole point of being a steward. Mm -hmm. mm. We, we, are, we are not the owners of what we're doing. When it comes to the Word of God and the gospel, yep. we're, we're just passing on. 
Yeah. And you can do it in creative ways, but we can't change what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So that just comes through so clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we, we, I want to get some of these questions. Then you did a seed and a sunrise. A seed, a sunrise, only two years later, which is seven songs, right? Yes, So seven Advent, songs. Christmas, Expectation of Jesus' Return, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and th- I'm just going to run through this. And then you did, I love the song, Joy, As Far As The Curse Is Found. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. That's among <laughs> the other songs. And then A King and His Kindness, two years later, which you said zooms in on the heart and humanity of Jesus, which again, yeah. you're taking topics that are just not your typical, uh, yeah, song <laughs> subjects. What, yeah. what were a couple of your favorite songs from McCain and his kindness? I think I had, like I was doing this panorama so much, and I had this desire to kind of, again, just zoom in if we're talking in like cinematic terms on who he was. Um, I think, I think that, uh, who is this Jesus is something I sing a lot at concerts right now, which is just asking the question that, um, the disciples were asking the whole time is like, who is this? (laughs) We just saw him be transfigured on the Mount. We saw, uh, my, one of my favorite parts to sing of that song is I saw the demons afraid, but the children are safe in his arms. Like he is just this (laughs) figure that is surprising and Hmm. it's either all or nothing, you know, um, Hmm. that kind of aspect of who Jesus is. And then I loved being able to turn the diamond and make sure I didn't just talk about his compassion, which is what we always want to talk about, which is so beautiful and important, but also, and not, you know, not opposed to his compassion is his righteousness and the way that he was turning over tables in the, temple and the way that he calls us to pick up our cross and follow him. So I tried to be careful not to just frame him in one, from one angle. Um, We can't, we can't ever do justice to the person of Jesus, but (laughs) I was trying to not just see him in one light and kind of come at some of the different aspects of who he is and who he calls us to be and say, this is one whole person, one whole portrait. Which you did a fantastic job on. And it's so Mm -hmm. important that we not create Jesus in our image. Mm-hmm. and say, well, I like these parts about Jesus. I like his love and his mercy and compassion, his inclusiveness. Well, yes, but he's mm-hmm. also, as you said, mm-hmm. these, these other things, his righteousness, holiness, justice. How do, you, how do you put that together? Well, you put it together in the cross mm-hmm. and his life. I That's mean, right. it, it's all, it all speaks of those things. Okay, then you're, you're coming out, and we don't know when this is actually going to, we're going to release this, but uh, in May of 2023, you are releasing Psalms, the poetry of prayer. Got the alliteration in again. That's right. Excellent. That was a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for working on it. Uh-huh. Um, and you're pretty excited about this album? Yeah, I am. I One thing that was fun about this one is that I did it locally. I didn't do it in Nashville. <sighs> Um, so I would go, I did it in September, I would go and record all day and then go pick my kids up from school, which wow. was a different for me, you know, yeah. um, and really integrated. It just made it a different process. And I did it with a guy named Paul, who I, Paul Deemer, who I travel and he's kind of like my bandmate right now. Um, so it was very integrated with my community here and That's with cool. my family life. And so that was cool. And I think too, with the Psalms, like my 
I had a couple of really hard years between 2020. I mean, we all had a hard 2020. <laughs> I think and that's a universal 20, statement. Yes. And then 2021, I was experiencing some weariness and burnout in ministry and just some angst about is, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? Blah, blah. And you know how angsty artists can be. Yes, and so, and then my dad also, when I was putting out a King and his kindness, I had a ton of shows booked more than I ever had had before. And I, um, in a, in a season, and I also was putting out a King and his kindness. And then my dad in for heart surgery that was supposed oh. to be pretty routine. And it turned out to be not at all routine and he never recovered. And he was in the ICU for, you know, a month and a half and ended up passing away. And so during that time I had already decided mm. I'm going to do the Psalms next, because this oh. is another way to zoom in. And they ended up just being, just being able to give me words when COVID was happening. And I was like, I don't even know how to pray. You know, I don't know where to begin. I'm so unmoored from my rhythms. And then when mm. everything with burnout was happening, I, I didn't know how to pray. And I just literally would just be like, next Psalm, this is what I'm praying today. Mm. Um, paraphrasing that to the Lord. And then with everything with my dad and just that see that intense season. So I'm really thankful for these because it's like everything I've known about God, it's like answering him yes. back, you know, with <laughs> prayer yeah. and with praise. Um, and they're just, there's a lot of like really fun songs on it. And then there's lament and confession. So it's just got kind of the range that the Psalm shows us um, mm. is there. I did not put any in imprecatory uh songs oh, on this one Caroline. maybe that'll be a whole album to itself um you do a whole album of imprecatory songs so, no i don't oh. want to do that <laughs> that'd be great i was joking i mean you can you could no no we're not going to do it we already put out <laughs> we put out a couple psalms, psalms yeah uh, we'll no i love those more. i love those yes. um psalm 63 your treatment of psalm 63 is absolutely beautiful hmm. i think it really captures the heart of that psalm and I'm sure the whole album is going to be beautiful. You should listen to it if you haven't. All right, questions about this whole process. We've we've talked a bit about, yeah, what you've been doing for the last 10, 15 years is writing a lot of songs. What, and doing it very creatively, mm -hmm. what helps you stay committed to biblical faithfulness while pursuing imagination and creativity? That's a, it's a healthy tension. How, mm -hmm. how do you maintain that? Not go off the deep end of creativity mm -hmm. and not just repeat truths. Right. What kinds of things do you do? Practices or how do you think about it? I think the idea of like biblical imagination actually helps me love the truth more. I'm sure you guys have felt that too. Um, but I think approaching scripture as someone who is going to maybe teach it, but then adding in some of these musical elements that we get to play with, right? Mm -hmm. All these tools that we have in our tool belt. So if we look at a passage of scripture, like someone who's going to teach it and ask those questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how mm -hmm. does this connect to the whole and everything maybe like a teacher might do, but then we can say, okay, now I'm going to look at it from an artist's perspective. Yes. And it's not necessarily lin linear. This is all happening, you know, Nothing is linear with my brain. Yeah. It's always, blah, blah. but yeah. we the, can relate. The, yes. The idea that we can um, also put ourselves in their shoes. So I wrote a song called Eve's Lament. And I like talking about that one yes. because I feel like that was it's, a really oh, fun. I was going to mention it earlier and I didn't, but I'm so glad you imaginative, brought it up. Imaginative uh, song for me to write because I was thinking now I know kind of as an exposition of this text, what 
you know, as much as I can, I know what it means and I don't want to say anything wrong and I want to be faithful, but now let me put myself in Eve's actual shoes. What would she have felt like? What, you know, what, and also I loved like, um, there's a lot of serpent imagery that I tried to employ in that song. I think whenever we see snakes on TV or in person, we're very creeped out. And I think that's <laughs> how we should feel as we're looking at this hmm. passage that we've read again and again, but we should feel the tragedy of it and the ickiness of it because yes. it's just wrong, yes. you know, hmm. it's so twisted. And so I think when I was writing that song, I don't know that I thought to myself, I want people to feel dread, but I, now that I'm looking back, it's like, you want people to feel dread and sadness and tragedy over this. And so how can I implement that in with the chords I choose and the words I choose and putting in some snake imagery, like tall grass and, you know, the lies constrict, the curse clamps down, like all those things that remind us our imagination of a serpent so that Mm. when you see Christ, you know, lifted up, we are able to be that much more uh, joyful and excited about the hope that he brings yeah. into yes, this thing yes, that is yes. so broken and so minor key, you know? Yes. And so I, I think that, you know, you still treat it faithfully, but it's so fun to be a songwriter or a poet or a storyteller because you can put yourself in their shoes and play with all these other tools that we have um, to continue to tell this story faithfully. But then I do always try to get feedback from people I trust, not just musically, but theologically. And there have been people that have been like, hey, you might not realize what that that could mean to someone else or maybe change. If more songwriters uh, would do that. Yeah, seriously. The world would be a better place if more songwriters would do that. That's the hope is that, um, yeah, that it'd be faithful, but also help people rehearse it, you know, help people be in part of the story. Yep. Well, you have these lines, I think it's in the chorus in that song, uh, which I just so, the whole song is so effective. Did he really, this is what the serpent's saying, did he really say it? Why is, you, why is he keeping you down? Don't you want to taste it? I thought, mm. that is so good. Just to bring us <laughs> into what potentially could be Eve's mind. And I want to read something <laughs> from, uh, from John Piper that's, that's just going to emphasize this fact of what you just said. You spend your time reading, studying, listening. Uh, what does this text actually say? So in his book, A Godward Life, Part Two, uh, John has this chapter on a word on poetry. And he says this, he's talking about the book of Lamentations and how it's so tightly structured poetically. And he says, it is a test, why, why labor for weeks to give such shape to suffering, he asks. You know, why not just do an outburst. This is how I feel. He says, a testimony written on the heart that reality has contours. Being is one way and not another. There are hard, unbending facts. God said, I am who I am, not what we feel him to be mm. or wish him to be or make him to be. He simply is. We must write the verse of our lives within the constraints of unbending ultimate fact. Therefore, laboring to look and look and look at what is really there, which is what you were just talking about, until we feel what we are meant to feel, and then to say what we have seen and felt in some exacting poetic form is a testimony to the truth that we are not God. <laughs> I just love that. That's so good. I, well, I remember the first time I read that, I just thought of it as you were talking. 
yeah. first time I read that, I thought, more artists need to hear this. Yeah. We're not just out there expressing what we feel. Mm. We're expressing what we feel about what is true. Yep. And mm-hmm. unless we know what is true, our feelings really don't matter. Mm. So you just do such a great job with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. How would you counsel someone, and, and maybe you already did, who leans towards artistic expression at the expense of biblical truth? Like, have, have mm. you encountered that in others or in your own? That's a good art? question. I mean, I think it's such a temptation. I mean, honestly, I think one thing that's sort of a pet peeve of mine, but I'm sure I do it too, is write songs that sound like other songs rather than writing songs. David does that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. Oh, David. Oh, man. Most of my songs are just written, robbed from other people. Robbed. It's like they're reading, uh, we're reading the lyrics of another song and then writing a song Mm. as a derivative of that song rather than reading scripture, which is our common language and writing a song from that. So what happens with that is that we get a lot of songs about this topic, but scripture is about this specific topic. Scripture is about so much more than that. And there's so many angles to come. And where are the worship songs from Lamentations that, you know, that talk about the suffering part and not just his mercies are new every morning. Because when you say his mercies are new every morning (laughs) without the suffering part, and it's true in and of itself. You can memorize that one verse and that's great. But when you put it, in this whole story mm. of Lamentations, it's a more beautiful verse. It's, it's yeah, even it's more, more beautiful. Yeah. And so I think that that's sort of my wondering for people who um, maybe are just wanting to write songs. And I think sometimes we need really simple songs. We need songs about the same thing over and over yes. again. We mm-hmm. need songs about the cross over and over again because it's so important. Yeah. But there's also a lot of other songs that have yet to be written or at least um, attempted by by songwriters and yes. me included um i'd love to keep pushing my right about the whole the whole story of scripture yes. and not just one piece or making my song um only, only sound like something else because i know that that's more commercially viable right and it's easy to rhyme grace and face so let's just do it again, and again. <laughs> right, let me write that down. write it down bob you'll you'll need that later <laughs> Don't or king and sing so let's yes. write, yeah let's try to like figure out some other other words to say i mean don't get me wrong. I say, I do that. I just, you <laughs> well, know, it's just, we, there are times when that's appropriate. There's a lot of growth. Yeah. But I think what's yeah. really encouraging to me, uh, and I would hope to our listeners as well, is just how steeped in scripture you are. Yeah. That is where you're drawing so much inspiration and it won't come if you're not steeped in it. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's, you're doing that, um, through your lyrics and then musically, uh, I'm sure you listen to a lot of music as well that inspires melody and, you know, so there has to be a source for all these things. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, which leads to another question, how do you stay fresh creatively? Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part about staying fresh creatively in this season is just being an independent musician uh, and wearing all the other hats yes. that aren't artists, the artist songwriter hat. And so I have to push on, this manager side of me that's managing everything Mm -hmm. and say, no, I need to carve out time to write songs. Um, And then in terms of staying, I think reading what, what our diet Mm -hmm. is, is really important. Cultivating a heart of that just 
an antenna that's up all the time. And I think one thing for me that makes me not have my antenna up is if I'm on social media too much, like, mm. you know, so yeah, just scrolling, put into our life, uh, like good book, good sermons and good, and just reading scripture and spending time with the Lord. And then there's some things that we need to manage in our life. Yes. Um, like, like living online rather than making it a place to go visit and, oh. and leave when you're done. Um, so things <laughs> like right. that, well, I think the liturgy right. of our everyday yeah. feeds our songwriting and our, and our music. How do you stay fresh creatively? Stop spending so much time on social media. <laughs> really? And read. I mean, I'm talking to myself. No, no, sure. you're talking to everybody who's watching this podcast. Yes, true. Or listening. Um, okay, one last question, and then we're going to get you back for another episode. Um, have you ever thought about writing congregationally? And if not, why not? What are you doing with your life, Caroline? <laughs> <laughs> I really like writing congregationally, actually. Yes. Um, I. If well, you never I'll just did, tell you guys. let me say, if you never did, and you may have already done it, you're serving the church yes, so well. Yes, we're joking. But I'm just curious as to if that's ever been a, a something you've thought about. You know, a lot of times it's I'll write a song because I need a song about this thing. And sometimes it it feels like it's supposed to be a congregational song. So I'll focus on making it a congregational song. So I probably have about 10 songs that I feel like are congregational. I mean, toward the beginning, I didn't really know some of the rules about making it singable and, you know, <laughs> yes. keeping the syllables aligned and there all that. Are so rules. there's yeah. some there's some ways I wish I could go back and straighten things out, but I think they're singable. Like um, I have a song called He is Risen and a song yes. called Breath of God about mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit yep. and Acts 2 um, and a few others too that I'm excited about. But I, I have dreamed about spending maybe my next album being mm. a worship album but making sure that each song is telling this story of yes. scripture That's so great. i've recently written like a song from exodus about moses asking to see the lord's glory but it's a it's a worship song yeah a mm. congregational worship song so we need that there are so, we'll see yeah well we'll we'll be cheering you on and um mm -hmm. there are so few songs congregationally hymns hymns will do this that contain old testament imagery Yes. You know, when we do, like, uh, here I raise my Ebenezer, you know, we kick it out. That's, yeah. Nobody understands mm -hmm. that. Um, so to to have more songs that that include more of the whole of Scripture yes. uh, in the big story, not just to include Old Testament ideas or passages or themes, but right. to say this all fits together. So mm -hmm. that's pretty exciting. Okay, we're yeah, probably out exciting. of time for this one. Caroline, thank you so yes. much for taking time to be with us and we look forward to having you back. Thank you for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.